I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped. You are here with us today. It's going to be a great day. I am a happy camper today. I've got a good friend of mine that I got to interview. And she is, uh, she means a lot to me. She's an underwriter. Uh, she's in the ENS space. She has been a longtime supporter and friend of mine. Uh, Tammy Darter is coming to hang out with us today. Some of you know her. And if you know her, you love her. And, you know, I just can't wait for you to hear the conversation that we have. And I want you to know that I appreciate you. I, I appreciate your loyalty, uh, you listening. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. If you haven't told your friends about the show, uh, just to quickly, uh, I just ask you just to, to tell your friends about it uh, as we're growing something big and we keep growing. Hell, we, we doubled our downloads from last month, this month, and, and we just keep growing. And that to me uh, is a lot for you you, my listeners, because um, let's be honest, I can't do this show without you guys. And it means the world to me that you listen. And I also have to thank my sponsors. I have some phenomenal sponsors and I love working with them. And they're so good to me. They're so good to you. You tell me every week, somebody from my show, if not a dozen people from the show, depends on the week. Tell me, thank you uh, for introducing them to Canopy Connect, for introducing me to Smart Choice, for introducing me to you know, agency performance partners or cover desk, whoever it might be. And for that, I say thank you. And I also say thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network for a reason. Um, they offer uh, no fees, no setup fees, no monthly fees. They only work off of commission splits. They also help you with those volume requirements or those uh, premium thresholds. They even negotiate higher commissions for you. They're phenomenal. They just want to see you grow. So uh, check them out, smartchoiceagents.com. That's smartchoiceagents.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, Canopy Connect, uh, I mentioned them earlier. They are uh, a phenomenal partner of mine. They've been with me since year one, uh, pretty close to day one. We kind of started our businesses together, and I love working with them. They are a phenomenal game changer. They are your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And, you know, once you send that click, they go in, they log in, and you get access to deck pages. You get access to loss runs. You get access to claims information, to payment history, to everything that you will need to quote that prospect. Driver list, um, histories, uh, addresses, anything. Go to usecanopy.com backslash heat and check it out. Now, my good friend, Tammy Darter, is coming to hang out. And we have a, just a, a normal old conversation, but I really think it's cool for you to eavesdrop on that conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with my dear friend, family friend, um, industry buddy, uh, convention buddy, you name it. Um, just an old friend of mine that I appreciate dearly. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Tammy Darter. Tammy Darter. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Keith. I'm great. How are you? I am good. I had to get Tammy, or she had to get me up out of bed early this morning to talk to her because <laughs> uh, I know Tammy well enough. You've probably been up a while. You've already probably worked four submissions already this morning, haven't you? <laughs> I get up with the chickens. 
I do. So if I had to record with Tammy, I had to do it on her terms. Her her people called my people, and she got me up early. So um, <laughs> anyhow, so you've been doing all right? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Man, I, I'm good. There's been a lot of travel lately. We had a good time. We got to spend some time together in Memphis not too long ago. That was a really good time. That was a good time. Yes. Very uh, so what I want to do before we get off, because I told Tammy before we hit start, because Tammy's been a dear friend of mine for, we figured it out forever. We don't know what that looks like or what that is, but forever. So uh, before we get off on any tangents, let me, uh, let's take a walk down memory lane. Let's let the people get to know Tammy a little bit so we can have some context and you and I can go off on every rabbit trail we want to. Sounds good. So take me on a walk down memory lane. Well, let's see. I got into the insurance business back in the early 90s, started out at AMC in program business and stayed there to about 03. And then I went to the ENS side with uh, Boa Crocsdale and McAdoo in their Conway office and I uh, worked there for about 10 years. And then Steve Strange Jr. called me up and I went back to AMC and started their ENS market for them. And was there up until about six months ago and had opportunity from there to move on to a one general agency in Oklahoma City and uh, working from a home building uh, their Arkansas business and love challenges. So this is a new challenge for me and I'm loving it. So tell me, I'm going to back up a little bit because uh, you ran down the memory lane. For, so I got to catch you real quick. So tell me, <laughs> When you, when you talk about program business, when you started off your career in program business, what does program business mean as far as that goes? I was at American Management working on their service station uh, repair garage business. Back in the day when American Management first came around, uh, Steve Strange Sr. Uh, was um, in big with the people at Chevron and Shell and Exxon, and he started doing certificate um following, making sure all the contractors had all their coverages in place. And then from there, he built a uh, program where we were actually writing the gas stations and the repair garages for Shell, Chevron's, Texaco's, Exxon's, the major oil companies. And then we started with some mom and pops, but they specialized in the oil and gas business for many, many years. Until that became they a big business for AMC for a long, long time. Yes, it was. And uh, they eventually, in the mid-90s, started the uh, jobber business, which was the petroleum haulers. And uh, I believe around 2006, that's when they sold to First Mercury, and then Fairfax got a hold of it, which is Crum and Forrester. Right. And then so in did, go ahead. Then in 2012, they decided to buy back the ENS piece of it. And that's where I came in to play back again at AMC. So, you know, working in that specific niche area and then going from that to ENS, what drew you, what made you think about that with uh, BCM? You know, what made you want to go uh, into the ENS side? It was a challenge. I mean, to me, the minute paper, the program that we were on, it was just a cookie cutter. It was just a constant service station and a gas station. They basically looked the same every submission, but when you get ENS, you touch more than just a cookie cutter. You have a, a challenge, different, a variety of business that you're writing. On the ENS side, I mean, you see a variety of stuff. Uh, on the program, the admitted business, it's just a cookie cutter, like I said, and it's it's a 
pre- it's a premium. It's like buying premium gas. It's the, it's the top of the market. But then you come over to the NS side and you might have a, a restaurant, but in that restaurant, you may also have a uh, beauty shop. It's, it's just a variety. ENS has a variety of different wheels in there. There could be a different exposure in a business that you didn't even think would be there. I mean, you go to a gas station in Texas and you're going to find a tanning salon. Who would think you would go get tanned in a gas <laughs> Right? No, that's so. funny. You're exactly right. I remember, and I may have submitted this to you back when I was a producer, but I had a, a dump truck, you know, because I used to, you know, some of those could be ENS. And uh, on the side, the other part of this guy's business, he had a whole nother operation where he, he sold sandwiches off of his dump truck. So he would go <laughs> to job sites, I guess we'd get through doing his dumping or whatever, or maybe in the middle of the day, and he would show up at job sites and sell sandwiches off the back of his dump truck. I, for one, would never want to buy a dump truck sandwich, but no. <laughs> somebody did because he had he had like a million dollars in receipts, Tammy. It was, cra- it was crazy. That is crazy. No, I mean, who buys a dump truck sandwich? <laughs> that's the last place I'd want to eat lunch. <laughs> right? But apparently he would pull up and set up and he had tables and umbrellas. and It was like a food truck slash dump truck. It was crazy. <laughs> but, you know... Um, Leave it to you. That's Arkansas for you. Uh, so interesting. But uh, anyhow, so again, going back to that, and I think what you say there is is solid because it is a little bit of variety. It's a little bit of difference. As we used to say when I was at, uh, I worked for an ENS broker myself, for some of you that knew that, uh, it's got a little hair on it. And that's yes, you know, always the saying that, that was told to me is has a little hair on it. It took me a while to understand that, but... Oh, that's a daily thing. I mean, they have hair on them. I'm like, okay. You know, and they'll call me up and say, hey, I need help with an account. And they start telling me this apartment building or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, so where's the catch? And then right. they'll say, oh, we've got a child daycare or we've got this exposure. And I'm like, okay, now we're seeing the whole picture. Yeah. And that's the part of the thing, you know, we talk about, you know, the whole picture. And I think that's a big thing, especially, again, going back to my days in ENS and, you know, as far as you still, you've been in this for so long, such an expert in this, talk to me about that whole picture. You know, what does that look like for you? Uh, I'm sure as an underwriter, you could probably stand on this box for a minute, but when an underwriter, I mean, when an agent calls you or producer calls you from an agency and says, I've got a submission for you, you know, what are you looking for as far as that whole picture? What does that look like? When they call me up and ask, tell me they got a submission, yeah, I mean, I'm needing the whole picture. I'm needing to know what it is, everything, not just the major part of it. I mean, is there something in the corner that you're not telling me? You know, I need to know about that building if you're wanting property coverage. You know, they don't seem to think to tell me that it's a historical building. Well, that that creates another monster right there because of all the laws and all the people that are up against these historical buildings, you know, fighting to keep them and all that. So I, when they call me up, I need the complete picture. I need to know what the exposure is. I need to know the age of the building. I need to know if it's been gutted and updated. I mean, I need to know the true facts. And I'll, if, it, if I can get it all in the front, then boy, I can throw your quote right back at you. 
And ENS, I mean, they're calling you up and they wanted the quote yesterday. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the insurance. They decided the last minute, oh, wait, I forgot I need insurance. Or they go to the bank to get a loan on a building and the, and the bank is saying, well, do you have the insurance on it? Well, they won't give you a loan if you've not got the insurance. So a lot of it is just the insurance not thinking of all, all the ducks are in a row. This is what I got to do to buy my, you know, my my coverage but also sometimes the agents are a little overwhelmed and I understand that in the market where and the insured may come in and say hey I'm shopping my account my renewal went up and we're seeing that right now in the marketplace we're in there's so many increases and insureds are shopping as fast as they can you know find an agent that'll shop it for them so in order to give it to them you know as fast as they're wanting it we do have to have all the information completed apps and the updates and 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 the whole exposure of you know no no hidden secrets somewhere along the way yeah i think you know you, you hit on something there that i think is a, a major thing that we're dealing with right now and i don't want to get into politics that's the last thing on it again I, I am the mayor but i don't want to get into politics on my show however you know gas prices up as high as they are and with you know, groceries, golly. I mean, I'm trying to feed three children over here, Tammy, and the groceries are freaking killing me. But, you know, you got groceries, you got that, you've got, you know. The other day I went to buy some hamburger meat, go back to groceries, and I was shocked, Tammy, at how much it cost me. And you've got, you know, um, you know, travel expenses and all the things are going up right now. And so I can imagine uh, it's obviously going to affect insurance premiums. What you just said, I mean, everything's going up. I ask them, have you been to the gas pump lately? I mean, right. we were paying a, a, a dollar, what, 50 cents maybe, and now we're up to nearly $7 a gallon. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you got to, you, we've got, we're all increasing. I mean, you got, like you said, the grocery store. So it's just the economy we're in right now and everything's increasing. Yeah, what are, you know, what are some of the things that they can do as far as you can do from an ENS standpoint if someone comes to you? And again, this is going to be different from a standard market. As a lot of people know that listen to the show, and as you know very well, uh, I've been on the ENS side and on the carrier side, you know, for a good, you know, good carrier and a good ENS market. There's a vast difference in what you can do as an underwriter to help with some of that pain of my, I had an increase. What are some of the things that they can help? If I'm talking to an agent right now, if you're talking to an agent right now and they say, hey, you know, my client can absorb this increase, you know, what can you do to help me? Right. Well, I mean, it helps if, if it's a new piece of business that's come in my door, but the insured's been in business for a while. If we've got the loss runs in our hands and it shows that he's had, you know, three, five years of no losses, we as an underwriter can go back to the carrier and ask if there's any way we could get just a little bit of help on the pricing. Um, Updates on the buildings, that's a big thing, too. I mean, roofs. Right now, the roof claims are, have been out of the, the woohoo here lately. You know, everybody's getting new roofs. Well, somebody's got to pay for those roofs. We can go up on the deductibles. I mean, I can go to a carrier and say, hey, you know, they want a higher deductible. And if I do that, how much credit can we take off? And, and verify the receipts, make sure the sales are, are correct. You know, payroll, make sure your payroll is correct. Yeah, I think uh, that's a, a big thing, especially when you're dealing with uh, a startup company. Uh, you normally see a new business come out the gate hot as in like, 
we're going to do two million dollars in receipts and this that and the other. Obviously, you got charged for that. Or do you see the flip side of that where they come out? You know, oh, we're only going to do a hundred thousand, then they get audited at the end of the year because they did a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, I see both of those scenarios, and what I tell my agents is, you might want in about six months to go back and visit with them and uh, get their finances there and see where they where they are on their sales because they're going to get hit. And if they overestimate it, they're not going to get a refund back because of the policy terms. So that's a that's a big thing is making sure the sales are correct. If they can provide me the documentation that shows that the sales or the sales are the first six months of the policy, uh, I can throw that over to the company and say, this is where they're at and this is what we rated it at. And, you know, we can adjust it that way. We would go to the carrier and say, hey, he said he was going to be a million dollars in sales. And we are six months in the policy and he is actually $100,000. Uh, we've highly overestimated the sales. And the carrier would be, you know, willing to go back and endorse the policy to, to lower those sales to where they should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That being said, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, what, cause it brought up a good point in my head. Again, I'm going ADHD all over the place here probably, but what would you say? Uh, and then I'm going to go turn the air conditioner down. My office is hot. Um, it's hot in Arkansas. Golly. Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception of ENS or ENS underwriting? The biggest misconception? Yeah. Well, we've always been known as the non-cream of the crop market, and that's not true at all. I mean, we've always been considered the ones that had the highest prices because it didn't fit a standard market, and I don't believe that. I mean, I think we can write some cream, cream of the crop just like the standards can, and sometimes we're even cheaper than the standard market. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was telling you before we hit record, uh, I started my career at an ENS wholesaler for work comp. And the biggest you know, thing, very first day on the job, uh, they told me, and I won't say names, but they, they told me that we write the shit that nobody else wants. I don't cuss on my show, so y'all forgive me. But that was their words. We, uh, we write the stuff nobody else wants. And maybe 20 years ago, that may have been true. But even back then, I felt like it wasn't always true. But again, we write the stuff nobody else wants. And now I think fast forwarding 20 years, I think that's completely different. Yeah, I, I, I agree. See, go ahead. I mean, I've seen some contractors hit my desk for ENS had taken an increase. And usually when they take a major increase, they're trying to get off the account, that class of business, um, you know. <laughs> I've seen some restaurants uh, that's hit my desk here lately, and even some have. We've even seen some have every once in a while that will come through that we can actually compete on. Yeah, I think that's another thing that, uh, you know, you bring up three really good classes of business that, you know, if people want, and I think this is huge. <clears throat> One of the things I talk to, to agencies about every day, and, you know, whether it's a podcast or consulting, is building niches and building your brand and building things like that. And you can really build solid niches through ENS, whether it's one of those three classes or let's face it. I don't know a standard market that want just lined up to write roofers, but there's every town probably has 47 roofers, you know, and you think about you go back earlier, what you just said 20 minutes ago, people are replacing roofs every day. So there's roofers out there and they all need insurance. 
That's correct. Exactly. And so you could probably help them to do that. And so, you know, welders, I, I don't know a lot of direct market, standard markets that want to write welders, you know, or some of these classes of business that they're a very common class of business, but maybe a lot of standard markets don't want to write because there is a little bit of, you know, a higher, you know, threshold of pain there, or there's a higher, or I guess a lower threshold of pain and a higher, you know, risk out there. So uh, what are some of those classes of business that you see every day that someone could build their niche around? Uh, we see roofers every day. We see a lot of welders. Um, our main niche that we've been seeing a lot of is general contractors. We see a lot of the contractors building, you know, the residential homes. And we have some markets that will do, you know, a little bit more of the track, the number of homes in the development than the other markets. We have markets that will actually look at just the sales to base it on sales where some will base it on the payroll. Um, we can add some of the extra stuff on there, the AIs and the, the waivers and all that. Um, I really don't know why the standard markets have been kind of pulling away from that market, unless it's the number of homes and they've had losses that I'm not for sure. I can do up to 100% subcontractors if they're insured. Most standard markets probably want around three to five years experience in the business. I mean, and we'll, we'll do a new guy. I mean, we want him to have experience, but a new venture is not a problem with us if he's got you know, experience in that line of business. So if I called you and said, and I may have had this call, so if you get a little PTSD, don't get mad at me. But I may, you know, if I called you, Tammy, and said, hey, I got this guy who was a roofer yesterday, but now he wants to get into plumbing. He's got experience as a contractor. Would you look at him? I sure would. Okay. Because yes. the standard market wouldn't do that. Yeah. Now, if, if he's a contractor and got experience, I mean, we're going we're gonna to ask you know, do you have experience in that line of business? And most likely if I get that call, it's going to be a GC and he's going to use an insured plumber to do his work for him. Because most likely, like I said, he's probably a GC and he's using subs. Most of the, most of these contractors that get in other lines are usually GCs and they have insured subs that will do the work for them. Okay. So, um, I want to uh, take a break for a minute and talk about my uh, my other sponsors. You know, talking about sponsors and having that. Uh, I, I love working with agency performance partners. Uh, Kelly and her team do a phenomenal job uh, working with agents to be ridiculously amazing. And they help agencies, uh, large growing agencies, um, fast-growing agencies to solve some of the industry's biggest problems you know and those are you know time management your team's too busy your team doesn't uh, have time to implement what you've got going on they don't have time to make calls they don't have time to uh, answer the phone they don't have time to do a lot of things and, and kelly and her team including myself and you know some of the others have put out a course on time management 3.0 so it's apex time management our third iteration of it and it, it's it's evolved and it's it's ever changing and there's new concepts that are being added and there's new things like that and, and kelly's just you know amazing and uh her team is amazing and, and the teachings and the trainings and everything it's amazing go to agencyperformancepartners.com uh also my friends over at Coverdesk, 
Again, cover desk is phenomenal. Talk about consistency. Cover desk, um, they are consistent. Every one of the cover desk uh, virtual employees, virtual assistants that come out of that program are top notch. They know the industry. They know how to work. They're hardworking individuals that come into your team, a part of your team, and help you help the agency to grow so you can focus on the things that you are good at. Uh, and that's working with clients. That's building your brand. That's uh, making policies, making it rain with, with policies. That's um, servicing your clients, building those relationships. Go to coverdesk.com. Tell Andy that I sent you. You're going to be so proud that you did. So, uh, no matter what you know markets they have, uh, what what is the is there a big differentiator? Because there's a lot of ENS markets out there. People that are building their books and they'll say, you know, I've got. And a lot of times they'll tell me I've got seven different ENS brokers that I work with. And a lot of times my first question is why? You know, because I'm a big believer in relationships, as you and I both know. You and I've been friends a long time, and I've preached that from this pulpit for a long time. And so what, I mean, is there any differentiators, something you should look for? If you were talking to an agent right now, uh, take the floor for a minute. What is something you should look for in an ENS broker and what differentiates, if anything, from one broker to another? Because people will say, oh, they all have the same markets. Well, I'm with you. Relationships is a big thing for me and it always has been since I got in the business. Um, service is a big thing. Um, you want to make sure that you have a relationship where when you send a submission, it's just not going to lay in a black hole. Um, the markets that they have, the coverages that they can offer you is, is big on our agents for the agents. Um, but again, relationship to me is the biggest thing than anything. If you had a, a relationship with a broker and you got into a bind, are they going to have your back? in the very end of it? Or are you just going to use 20 brokers and play roulette? Oh, you you know, and in this day and time with the marks the way it is, I mean, they are shopping. I mean, we all, all the brokers know that we're being shopped because um, even when we go to our carriers to submit, something has to be submitted. You know, they'll tell us they have a prior submission. So yeah, we all know that when we are being car blind carbon copied. Right. Talk to me. Okay, so uh, teach the audience a little bit. What is the difference when you talk to ENS brokers and they say they have the pin and they don't have the pin, or they've got? Uh, I forgot the verbiage. Uh, you have to forgive me, but you know where you can, I guess, binding authority versus not, or whatever it might be. So each ENS broker is different in that fact too. And so, what does that look like? You know, what I'm talking about. Can you help me in that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, each broker with their carriers have a a limit, like a GL limit or a um, premium limit where they have binding authority, where they can actually go into the carrier system and rate it up, quote it, and bind it. And then there is a shutoff where you have to submit it over to the carrier for approval, and uh, they will they will quote it for you and then when you get ready to bind it you have to go back and bind it with the carrier also we have what we call those would be called the broker markets um which is the higher limits um i've got several markets that are broker markets and basically all they do will be like the liquor the gl 
maybe that I want the property. We've got some that will do nothing but just property. Uh, so when I get a submission in, I mean, if I can quote it and bind it, I would rather do that because that provides the faster service to my client. Uh, but sometimes we will get a man in. I mean, I can't quote it in-house. I know that if I send it to a broker uh, market, that that carrier can provide me the coverages in a, a better premium than I need. Uh, again, with relationships, if you have a good relationship with the carrier market, then sometimes you can get the pretty fast turnaround, not as fast as what I could do personally if I had binding authority. But um, but sometimes you can have a, uh, like I said, a carrier on a broker side that will bind something up a little bit faster for you then also. You guys, in a lot of ways, are like us as the producers. You know, you, um, you're having to submit. You're fighting for those risks. You're working off commissions a lot of times. And, uh, you know, you get a lot of times underwriters I talk to, they'll work off of, you know, uh, their own commission splits and they have their own, you know, bonus structures and they get a piece of that as well. So sometimes, you know, you're sliding right there in the driver's seat with or the passenger seat with them and you're right there in the same, you're on their team fighting just as hard for those risks as they are, correct? That's correct. Yeah, that is definitely correct. If it's something that I have to submit in for approval, um, I'm fighting for it. I mean, first thing I want to know from my agent is kind of what kind of a target are you looking for? So when I do get that quote back, if it's higher, I can go back automatically, immediately and fight back and say, hey, I need this pricing right here, or I need this deductible, or I need this coverage. Uh, so that's a big help too, when the agents are submitting stuff over, if they provide us with targets and, you know, is actually what they're looking for. But so yes, looking, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm in, I am in the passenger seat with the agent for that insured fighting, trying to get the premium or the coverages that they're asking for. Yeah, I think you, you brought up another point going back to all the information needed. Uh, when they talk to you about premium, you know, how, you know, I guess it is, you know, obviously I'm going to ask you a Captain Obvious question. How important is it they give you that exact premium? It's very important, especially right now with the marketplace the way it is, you know, and the increases are coming up. And I, we understand that sometimes the insured who does not understand the reason why we're asking that question, you know, but insureds are very uh, leery about sometimes giving the retail agent the true premium that they're currently paying or their renewal premium is. But when we have those premiums, we can use that as a guide as far as which marketplace we would go to, because as an MGA, you pretty much know your carriers and their premiums, who will be best for what risk. And well, I've got one in Arkansas that he will complete a court application completely. I mean, I have updates, I have the building construction, uh, I have the loss information on there. I have a premium target. I know exactly who they're currently with. So when I go out to rate it, I don't jump into that market and quote it. Uh, it's just a complete submission. And so when I start to work on it, I don't have to go back and ask a billion questions as to, as to what you know I have to have to put into the system. I can actually just take his application and jump into the carrier's rater and enter it in and, and usually get a quote right back to me. And so, like, with that being said, if, 
that, that completed submission, does that usually come with a narrative? Yes, he will. He will say, you know, this insurance been in business, blah 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 blah, and you know, he will tell me everything about that insured in that account. Uh, he will tell me when the building was gutted and, and when the roof was replaced, and the roof is now metal. And yes, it's a complete submission with everything, a narrative, everything. But uh, what's a good narrative? Like, give me, you know, the pieces of a narrative that you need, or any ENS market, but. What do you need as far as a narrative goes that would make it your job from start to finish that much quicker? It could probably shave days on a submission. Yeah. I mean, like in a court application, we need that completed. Uh, the 126, you know, we need the GL limits in there. We need to know the sales, the payroll. Um, then we get up to the 140, the property. The property is a big thing right now in, in, in the ENS market. We need to know when it was built. If we need to know when it was updated. If it was an older building, is it historical building? Uh, was it gutted and rewired? What type of wiring is there? Because you got the different breakers that the carriers don't want, the Federated Pacific, and there's some snap, you know, breakers. There's different things that the carriers don't want because of the hazard they have. A narrative as far as how long he's been in business and what does he do, and just a complete submission is just. Awesome. Now, those things are helpful, especially like if you've got a restaurant, you know, and they're serving liquor. You want to know, you know, how do you train your employees? You know, are you making them take a service training and teaching them to ID every time that they serve? Those things are very important. If you've got a contractor, you know, what kind of training does he have? Is he insured? That type of stuff. Yes. How often does... <laughs> an agent call you and say, uh, I need some advice on this, or could you help me with this? Or they call you more for counseling or advice than they do necessarily even underwriting. I mean, I mean yeah, I have that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> agent will call me up and say, I don't know what to do with this account. Can you help me out? Or this situation, what should I do? Right. Can you help me out on this? Um, I've had agents actually back in the day before we had cell phones that actually went through information and tracked me down. And he said, I have forgot to send this to you. And I needed this yesterday. And he truly did need it yesterday. And, and I would stop and, you know, wrote, quoted it for him and sent it, sent him the quote. And we bound it on that same Saturday within two hours. But yeah, I have agents that call me all the time up and, um, ask me about accounts and I'm not afraid to send them on down the road. If I know somebody that's writing an account that I can't write. Um, again, I'm here for my clients to take care of my clients, uh, regardless if I get the account or not. That's just, that's just part of my goal is to be sure to take care of my clients. Yeah. And I think again, that goes back to, uh, you've probably got agencies you've worked with since the nineties that have continued to stay with you no matter where you've gone as far as, whether it's Bohr, Croxdale, Magadu, a AMC, or now at One General, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes, I have a following. I've got several that are loyal to me and have followed me to my new place now, and that's that's an awesome experience. It feels it feels awesome to have someone that you know you can rely on that thinks of you that much that he would or she would follow you to your new place. Yeah, my, one of my favorite things, and I've heard this about you many a times uh, over the years, uh, whether it's, you know, with PIA or with whatever company I've been with or agency. When I ask people, you know, who do you use for your ENS? They'll say, Tammy Daughter. 
they don't say one general. They don't say AMC. They don't say BC and M. They don't say they say Tammy Darter. That is a humbling feeling um, because I've tr I try. I try to live my life and I try to deal with my customers the way that I would want to be dealt with. Um, it's a very humbling, humbling feeling to know that someone relies and trusts me that much that they would follow me and that they would stick with me through all, all these years, through all the places I've been. Yeah. And, you know, to build that re that re reputation for you, to build those relationships, uh, I know what that means to you. I know just in talking to you and even when you and I, you know, worked together as an agent, you would always, when you'd see me, when we talk, no matter who it was, I could always find you, you know, working a convention or working an event because you're always talking to a hundred people, you know, because you wanted to build those relationships. You genuinely wanted to stand there and meet those people and talk to them and I think even more importantly than that, even not even more importantly, but something else I find neat is I've known people that have worked with you through the years that like I, I saw you catching up with a former you know colleague at, at Memphis and it was like y'all were family. And, you know, that to me means a lot as well that not only you work that hard for your clients, but also for your coworkers. Yeah. You know, in Arkansas, we've always said this and it's the truth. We are a family. Uh, I don't care if you're my competition at the end of the day, you're still part of my family. And in trying times, we're there for one another. And, and I love this industry for that. And I love this state and all these agents and my competition for that, that we are at the end of the day, we are one. We're not separate. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. That's correct. Exactly. There's plenty of business out there. Um, we should just, you know, do it in, a, in an honorable way. I mean, don't try to cut someone's throat or stab them in the back. That You don't want someone to do that to you. That's, that's the way I feel about it. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we all have to answer to the same maker, you know. And that's the way I, I've raised my kids that way. My grandkids are being raised that way. And that's the way I would live my life. At the end of the day, there's enough business for each of us, but how did you get that business? Did you get it honestly, or did you go behind someone's back and stab them and do it the, the wrong way? Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. So uh, I think that that alone is something that can make or break someone's career. Uh, and we've seen it uh, firsthand in Arkansas, again, not to mention the names. We've seen some major players from the agency side and the carrier side that have <laughs> ended up in places none of us want to be because they operated unethically. That's true. That's true. Um, and that's not the way you want to build your relationship. That's not the, um, that's not what you want to be known for is to be crooked, to be dirty, to, you know, stab someone in the back. Um, on a submission, if I don't have all the facts and I don't have the good feeling about it, you know, then I don't want to touch it. Because my yeah. reputation on the line, you know. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a good point that uh, we can start wrapping up with because I think this is a solid point of I see too many agencies that spend a lot of time on accounts they should have no business writing for one reason or another. Either it's going to be a real high maintenance account. Again, a lot of times that might be ENS business and they're going to be constantly calling you for service or this or they don't know what they're doing so you have to hold their hand throughout the whole thing. Or you know something's funny, and there's a reason why they're in the ENS market. 
there's a reason why they have a lot of losses or there's a reason why they've taken this loss or they, you know, their business is in a in disarray. And sometimes you can snip those out and sometimes you should snip those out, right? That's correct. You should snip those out. You know, as an underwriter, it's a gut feeling. And that's that was what I was taught when I was first trained, that when you look at an account, if you don't have a warm, fuzzy feeling, then something's not right. And it's a gut feeling. Go with your gut. So if all the ducks don't line up on that submission, uh, if all the facts are not there, then there's something going on you don't know about. You just need to walk. I mean, the agent, just like a, just like the underwriters on the MGA side, they have a reputation too. And and you don't want to write something and then tarnish a relationship with a MGA or underwriter because, you know, you just thought you had to have the account because it walked in the door. Sometimes you need to just tell them to go on down the street. Yeah, I, I think you bring up another good point as far as this whole conversation goes. It's, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, it's an ENS market. I can burn them all I want to. But there's times that if, if one general or whoever it is, if they feel like they're getting crap submissions from the agency every single time, you can terminate that contract just as easily as a standard market can. That's correct. ENS is just like the standard markets when it comes to the contract. I mean, we trust our agents uh, just like they trust me with the submission when I'm taking care of them. I'm trusting them too, and that they're going to take care of me, that they're telling me the, the facts. Um, my carriers, they, they trust me that I'm telling them the facts. So it's a, it's a three-way street there, and we're all thinking that, you know, we're taking care of each other, and that's the way it should be. I mean, you have to have all three. The agent has to have me, and I have to have the carrier. So, and the carrier has trusted me that, or, or any other underwriter, that they are going to provide the true facts, you know, you throw over a restaurant with liquor and you tell them that there is uh, no entertainment and then they find out every night they're having live entertainment, you know, I've tarnished a relationship there. And if the agent tells me that, then, and he truthfully uh, live entertainment, so there's going to be a day when you're going to need that you might need, you know, your underwriter to have your back on the account, that maybe something happened and now you didn't know about it. Now you're going to your underwriter and saying, hey, I just found out this and I didn't know about it. You're going to need your underwriter's back. Just like sometimes we need our carriers to, uh, you know, have our back on, on accounts. Yep. You know, and I think that that's a crucial piece of this that people don't think about. They just think, oh, it's just ENS, I can burn them because I don't have the you know, the bonus contingencies, or I don't have the loss ratio requirements. I don't have this or that. I think, again, it goes back to a misconception that ENS, that you don't care about loss ratios or that you don't care about profitability of an account, but you do. Yeah, we do. We, we're, we're just like everybody else. We're in here to make a profit. We're not in here just to, to ride an account. So to have coverage, I mean, loss ratio is, is a big thing. We want to know, you know, you send over an account that's had losses for the last five years and I mean losses you know just because we're an ENS we we don't want it just because you know we're looking for a market uh again we're looking just like the standard market at the account you know is it a solid account I mean has it had issue with losses I mean why is there not loss control in place to take care of those losses why why have they not tried to make the wrong into a right we don't want to take anything. I mean, 
we want to help you out on an account. Again, a solid account. We want an account that's got all the information that's, if they've had a couple of losses, what have they done to take care of that situation where those losses don't happen again? Um, we're just like the standard markets. We're just, we just write a little bit different than they do. We don't want, I mean, we, we don't get all the cream of the crop. Sometimes we have some issues in our, in our submissions where the standard markets don't. Yep. 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 And so again, I, I again, we could sit here and talk forever, but I know you've got, I've been hearing your computer ding and I know mine has too. I know you've got submissions waiting on you. Talk to my audience for a minute about uh, how the people want to get in touch with you. If they're looking for some advice on a good ENS broker or ENS business, you've been a veteran of this for a long time and, you know, talk to about how they could find you, uh, maybe uh, contact info, things like that. Well, if, if an agent needs to help with any, any an account or needs to talk, uh, he could or she could email me at T-D-A-R-T-E-R at your OGA.com or they could call me at 501-208-2609 and I would be glad to talk with them about any account or help them with any submission to get them a quote. So one last piece of advice you might be able to give someone in dealing with the ENS broker would be? One last piece of advice that I would give is be sure that you have all the facts before you send it to your underwriter. Make sure that you have a complete submission uh, and your premium target. But all the facts is very, very important, not just for you, but also for your, your broker. Love it. I love it. Tammy, I appreciate, you know, I love you. I appreciate you and your love for me, my family, yes. you know, Tammy, Tammy, y'all don't know this, but you know, Tammy goes deep with my father, my, my brother, my wife, myself, like she's family. <laughs> so I appreciate you spending some time with me in insurance town today. Well, I appreciate the invitation. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us today in Insurance Town. Yeah, we had a great conversation today with Tammy, and I really hope that uh, the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. It means a lot to me uh, that you listen. I, I pray uh, that you got something out of it, that you tell your friends about it, you subscribe to the show, keep telling your friends about it. Reach out to Tammy and tell her how great she is. If you're looking for an ENS underwriter, reach out. Uh, if you're looking for advice or questions, Mama Bear will come there to help you. She's awesome. And, um, you know, reach out if, if you're looking for another one. Even it's not Tammy Darter, look for another. She mentioned before, we're a family in this industry. Find your local underwriter. You know, talk to your underwriter. Develop a relationship with them. Build a trust with your local GA, your local MGA, your local broker, and, uh, you know, taking a different look at ENS business. I hope this podcast helped you to be able to do that. Uh, guys, uh, I, I really appreciate and I really love doing this show, and I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.